Anybody in the house of the Lord today? I know, I know I don't have that strong a voice, but that was, <laughs> that was strong. There we go. I, I know I got to have some because mine don't read it, reach out there and touch you like some folks. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. Welcome everybody to be here. Welcome everyone might be watching by the live stream this morning. Thank you for tuning in to Christ Family Church. Glory to the name of the Lord. Uh, definitely feel like you have, I was just telling uh, Brother Bobby, I definitely feel like it, I have a word from the Lord this morning. It seemed like the way the service has been going, the Spirit has been led with Sunday school and the worship song. just seemed like everything's kind of flowed together. Uh, and also, hopefully, uh, if I do good and do, do well for the Lord, uh, it'll, it'll all come together as, as He sees fit in His plan. I want to uh, direct our attentions now to the Word of God and going to be going to the book of John, chapter 4. We're going to read 27 through 30. John 4, 27 through 30. And you'll recognize this pretty quickly off at, uh, as we read the scripture. And I'll go ahead and tell you it's the, uh, it's the story of the, the Samaritan woman at the well where Jesus uh, met the woman, Samaritan woman at the well. John 4, beginning at 27. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And it begins reading like this, And at this point his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek, or why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. I'm drawing your attention back to uh, 28, where it says, Then the woman left her water pot. Left her water pot. Now, for, this, uh, for the next moment of time, I want to speak to you on, I left my water pot. I left my water pot. And I, I hope it's catchy enough that you'll remember that. This morning, I left my water pot. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your spirit being in this service so far. We thank you, Lord, for the worship and the teaching that's went forth this morning. And now, Lord, as your word goes forth, Lord, help me do to your will as you see fit to your good people, Lord. And let it be hearers of the word and doers as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. As you're sitting down, look at somebody and say, I've left my water pot. <laughs> Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Like I said, it's, a, it's the story of the Samaritan woman who came to the well and met Jesus. And I'm probably going to do it a little bit different this morning. Uh, we're going to go, uh, go back now to the beginning of chapter 4 and begin reading in verse 1 there. But I wanted to tell you uh, this morning that as well as this is a story about Jesus uh, speaking of everlasting life... It's also a story just about uh, a woman, Samaritan woman gaining knowledge in Christ because she didn't know any better. She, did, she wasn't yet taught and had some knowledge of Jesus, but he, uh, he enlightened her on a few things as he talked with her. Glory to the name of the Lord. So we're going to uh, begin reading in, ch- in verse 1 of chapter 4, and it reads, says, Therefore, when the Lord knew that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, Though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go to, through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave 
to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And what that it translates down to is it's about noontime. It's about noon. So he's, the scripture says that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. And it's important here this morning to uh, let you know why he needed to go through, to, through Samaria. Uh, it was simply because he was following the will of his father. That was what Je- that's what Jesus' plan was. He was having to follow his father's will to go through Samaria. But back in this time, the, uh, the Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. They didn't like one another. It goes way back in, uh, in time where the king of Assyria had uh, actually removed the children of Israel, did not let them dwell in this land, uh, in these cities, and he brought other people of different nations in to dwell there. And they did, uh, they did not worship God uh, they, uh, as the children of Israel did. They didn't follow the same customs. So they uh, uh, were all very different, and they set up different... Uh, they set up different gods and did, created different images that they all worshipped in different areas of the hillside there. They're kind of like their center of worship. They did not get along at all. So any time that they had to travel through, they would go make their way purposely around, travel a great deal around uh, Samaria there and, and not go, go through that city. They stayed away from it because they didn't get along. And so, but Jesus needed to go through Samaria. He had a plan. There was a will there this morning. Now, in verse 7, it says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And there again, it's just like I would have told you, they did not get along. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't get along. They wanted to stay away. Have you ever had somebody just wanted to stay away from, and you would go uh, a great lengths to get away from them, to travel away from them, to go plumb the opposite direction? That's kind of, that's kind of the case here. And she knows this, and she, she's you know kind of perplexed by it. Why do you, uh, being a Jew, speak to me and ask me for a drink, you know, and this is where it's coming from. So Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Glory to the name of the Lord. So he plainly tells her she didn't know who, who it was talking to her, nor what he was asking or offering to her. And this ain't the life water that you see in the stores that's on the shelves. I've seen life water on the shelves in the store. That's not it. Jesus was offering a living water to her. And her being a Samaritan, not a Jew, that, it, uh, that what the gospel went to the Jews first and then to uh, the Gentiles. But Jesus offered her this, but she didn't realize it. She didn't, she didn't have the understanding or the knowledge of it. So then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? She was then intrigued. She wanted to know more, and she didn't see. He was there by the well. 
but he had nothing there. He said he was just weary from his journey. He was just sit, sitting there waiting on his disciples to come back. She walks up on him. He has no water pot. And she asked him, how are you going to get this living water? Because you have nothing to draw with. And I want to, tra- I want to transition this verse right here into us today. And how hard it is for Christians to uh, leave our water pot and depend totally on Jesus. Because when we, when we depend on Jesus, we don't see uh, what He has in store for us necessarily all the time. We have to, in faith, believe Him and trust Him. We don't, we don't see, when we, like a Scripture says here in verse 11, we don't see what He has to draw with. And the well is deep. When you say the well is deep, how about this morning that we see our problems as deep. We see our problems as big. And we don't see what Jesus sees and how He's going to carry us out of that problem and out of that struggle. So we tend to hold on to our water pot. We tend to hold on what we think we can control. And then we don't want to let it go. We want to take it back, we want to take it back with us because we know we have control of that. And we know we can control that situation. Because we don't see with Jesus where he has the ability a lot of the times. But we have to trust in him. We have to keep faith in him that he will provide a way where it seemeth to be no way. Glory, yes, glory to the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Pastor spoke uh, last week of, um, about the brother uh, George Muller. And he had faith in God. And I remember... Uh, in that book about how great his faith was, he could not see what God had in store for cut for the monies coming in. It talked about shekels and pounds and stuff because that was you know in that time period how they had their monies. A lot of times he would not have that money come in for the orphanage and to provide food and uh, and uh, supplies and things for the orphans and for all the for the schools until a day of. Have you ever had that experience where you did you had a bill due and it it was like the next day and you didn't know where that money was coming from but you were holding fast in Jesus you were holding faith in him that knowing I don't know where it's coming from but I know Jesus is going to provide a way we it said those times that we leave that our water pot of what we need that we try to step out and do and just let Jesus take care of us glory to the name of the Lord the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? You know, a lot of times we don't know where Jesus makes a way, but we just makes it. We don't understand it. Like the song says, I don't need to understand. I just need to hold your, pan- hold your hand. We hold his hand. He's got the means. We don't need to carry the water pot with us and hold Jesus' hand at the same time. He is the way. He is the life. Woo! Glory to the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. We do not know how He will supply, but we know that He will. Glory to His name. Verse 12, it says, Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well, and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. It doesn't say, Jesus, these words here in my, in my Bible read means the words of Jesus. Jesus does not only say this water is only for everlasting life. It says 
of water springing up into everlasting life. When I read this, I think about whoever drinks of the water of the well, the natural well that they was there, you would thirst again. Can I tell you this morning, as long as we hold on to our water pot and we fill it with what we think it needs to be filled to supply, we're always going to be thirsty. It's never going to satisfy. Many people try many different things with drugs and alcohol and pornography and all kind of things to satisfy something to keep putting it in their pot instead of just leaving it, letting it go and letting Jesus fulfill what you need. You will always thirst again until you come to the cross. Woo! Glory to the name of the Lord. And with that being said, he says, I shall give him and will become in him a fountain of water springing up and into everlasting life. It tells us, church, from the time we accept Jesus and receive that living water, it will sustain us. It will carry us through every one of life's trials, every one of life's temptations unto everlasting life. That's what's going to carry you through everlasting life. Glory to the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Going on to verse 15, The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. She had already been intrigued enough. She was ready to have it and not have to worry about coming back. Who knows how far she had to walk to go to those lengths to get to the well to supply her need. How far is your walk and your journey when you try to supply your own need? How many, how many stones do you overturn? How many methods and tries did you try to make an effort in your own way of making situations better when you always just seem to muck it up and make it worse? If we only seem to lean on Jesus today, He will take care and see us through and we won't have to walk that, those, extra, those extra steps. Now, I ain't saying life's going to be perfect and rosy. Brother Bobby said this morning that life wasn't uh, better roses and peaches and cream and things of that nature. And it's not. But if we learn to leave the water pot behind that we control and trust in Jesus, everything will work out. Glory to the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In verse 16, and Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly. I want to I focus this morning right here on this, what Jesus is telling her. He's told her about her life. And this morning, Jesus does not regard cohabitation. I try to get cohabit. Let me just put it this way because I'm having trouble. God does not look at a man and woman living together unmarried as the acceptable way of living. And that's what he has pointed out to her. So God, Jesus does not recognize that. Jesus recognizes marriage as a binding legal covenant between a man and woman. But, it, but listen to this. You don't find in the scripture where Jesus condemned her for it. He did not condemn her for it. He simply was opening her eyes to, to, to something new to, that she would understand. He didn't tell her that, she, that her hope was lost and because she was living this way, she was going to hell. No, no, no. God, did, Jesus did not condemn her. It's important to know that because today for, he told her that she had five husbands and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you, tro- you spoke truly. She was honest with him and he was just honest with her right back and he did not condemn her for it. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet after this. You know, when we think about in this society, and I thought this was relevant because in our society, this is just the way uh, times are. You know, men and women just live together before marriage. 
And it happens so many times. And I think one reason for that is they uh, they it, they think it's easier, and they, and it, both incomes together works together with them. So they kind of justify it. But on, on a kind of a different aspect of it, when you already just go ahead and move in together and live to each other as you're a couple. Uh, before marriage, what you're doing is setting yourself up to push marriage further and further back. Because what if your relationship doesn't work out, and then you go on to the next relationship and the next relationship? You kind of you you make it easier, which is marriage is supposed to be, like I said, a binding kind of uh, binding between God and man and woman. You make it easier just to say, well, I don't need that commitment. I don't need to honor that and respect that. But marriage is a serious. Uh, a ceremony between a man and a woman and before God. It's a whole lot more serious than what we want to put on in our society today. So it is important to note that it, marriage is important. And if you find if you uh, live together with one another, you may also find it easier to instead of fighting for that relationship when the times get tough and hard, to move on and find another one. That's almost that's just my little uh, spin on it. There, you may find it easier to just uh, to move on. And uh, I don't mean to. Stay step on anybody's toes by any means because I trip over my own feet before I step on anybody else's toes. Amen. Glory to the name of the Lord. In verse 19, and the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know that we wor- we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And Jesus didn't say here once again that Jews is only for uh, the salvation is only for the Jews. It just saying salvation comes from the Jews. God chose to send His Son to the to the Jewish people first. Through them, this, that's where salvation came from. The Gentiles were allowed to come thereafter because we we were in by grace. Thank God for that. But the the salvation came first to the Jews and then to the Jew, Gentiles. When Jesus said that they they worship what they do not know, this goes right back to what I was talking about earlier. They had many different uh, altars set up for different gods that they had their priests sacrifice to and and made uh, uh, worship to different ones that was not the one true God. They didn't know what they were worshiping. It wasn't the one true God. And that's why they didn't know what they worshiped. They didn't know about it. But Jesus went out of his way to go to Samaria to let this woman at the well know that there is a true God that she can worship. And in verse 23, the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Jesus is looking for a a true spirit, an honest heart, and a true spirit to worship Him today. They're the ones that worship Him in spirit and truth because they've seen the revelation of Him. They know He's true. They feel that. And He wants it to come from the heart. I remember. I was remembered of when uh, uh, Jesus told the Pharisees when they complained about the disciples that uh, did not ceremonially wash their hands as they sat down to eat bread. They got up. This, uh, they got upset about that, and Jesus and Jesus told them that they, uh, that they were wa- they washing their hands in a ceremonial way. But he, Jesus said, as like the prophet Isaiah prophesied to them, this people honors me with their lips but their heart is far from me. 
Jesus wants our worship to be right there from the heart, not just from the lips, just going in, not just coming in every Sunday, going out, coming in Wednesday, going out, and you're here for the ceremonial practice, so to say. He wants it to be right straight from the heart because you know Him as He is. Glory to the name of the Lord. Let your worship always be from the heart for Jesus today. Glory to the name of the Lord. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. The woman said to Him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When He comes, He will tell us all things. Then Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am He. Glory to the name of the Lord. That, whew, that's powerful right there when Jesus said, I who speak to you am He. He let her know plainly, I am the Messiah. And that's why as we started out this morning, we talked about the woman then left her water pot. She, right then when she knew that was the Messiah, she was so excited, so happy, she come, plum forgot about that water pot. And I, Pastor, you can be coming on up and get a song ready. And that's what I wanted to tell every one of you this morning. It's time for us to leave our water pot behind for good. We have the revelation of Jesus. We've had that personal experience of Pentecost with Him. We have that Holy Ghost inside of us. It's time to totally focus and trust in Him and what He can provide for us and what He can do with us in any situation and not continually uh, carry our water pots around and try to in- influx our own ability of what we think will create, you know, make the problem go away this morning. Today, that is just to leave our water pots behind. I wish if we could have a visual, if I could have a bunch of water pots maybe lined up all around uh, the altar here where people had just come to Jesus and they've left that water pot behind and it would be a symbol of something that you're letting Jesus take control because you're not taking it back with you. You're letting Jesus have it all. Glory to the name of the Lord.